Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons with Pastor Farrell Wilson. Brother Wilson is the pastor of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. The sermon you are about to hear can also be downloaded at www.grenadachurch.com. We know you are going to be blessed. Now, on to the message. Romans chapter 8, and starting at verse 11, or just one verse. But the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Let's pray together. Father, I need your help this morning. Lord, I feel so unworthy to stand behind your platform, Lord, your pulpit. God, you've chose this time and this hour for us to gather, Lord, to hear your word. And I'm asking, God, that you would anoint that, not only to speak, but to hear. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, and we say amen. Are you dead or alive this morning? I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. To be spiritually dead means there's an absence of the Holy Spirit inside of you. If there's an absence of the Holy Spirit inside of you, then you're not saved. And if we look around our world, we wonder what in, what is going on. We see so much stupidity on every hand. We see things going on that just baffles the mind. And it's because people are spiritually dead. They're not saved. Uh, and I don't care if it's coming out of a church. We see churches doing things like LGBT bingo and just all kinds of craziness. I could sit here the next 45 minutes and talk about all the stupidity going on in churches and out in the world. And you get down to the very problem, the very crux of the matter, what is wrong? It's, there's an absence of the Holy Spirit and they're spiritually dead. But to be spiritually alive is to have the Holy Spirit living and working in you. I think everyone is looking for a better life today. I know you are. I am. I'm looking for a better life. I know every, there's not a person in here I think would stand up this morning and say, oh, I'd like to have the worst life possible. <laughs> now, that's not, uh, but that's not the human in us. The human in us wants better for ourselves, for our family. And the answer for a good life is in the cross. That is the power you have to live this Christian life. You can't do it any other way. If you try to do it by works, you're just going to frustrate the grace of God. Uh, if you try to uh, do it your way, if you try to do it outside of the Word of God, failure is just around the corner. The great missionary David uh, Brainerd, who spent a brief life of 30 years ministering to American Indians in the 1740s, wrote these words in his journal. I never got away from Jesus Christ to him crucified. When my people were gripped by this great doctrine, I had no need to give them instruction of morality, meaning how to live. I found that my Indians began to put the garments of holiness in their lives sanctified when they lived by the doctrine of Christ and him crucified. And that still applies today. Paul brought this great message to the church, and it's nothing new. People that think this is a Jimmy Swaggart message, they're not paying attention. They're not reading their Bible. This great doctor has been around for many, many years. It's the church that is forgotten, and it needs to come back. Because if we want to live this life correctly, we want to be alive unto God, you have to understand the message of the cross. If you wonder why maybe you're falling into drugs, if you want, want to know why you keep falling back into alcohol or ways you know that are wrong, 
and but you keep falling back into those things, it's because you don't understand the cross. I'm not saying you don't love God, but I've been there in my life. I've had those times where I love God and I found myself failing in what used to be drugs and alcohol. Now it's something different. Pride sets up or maybe you're gossiping about somebody, things you shouldn't be doing. And it, we all have room to grow. We still have to go back to Calvary every day. If you look in Romans chapter 8, I want you to keep it open this morning. And we're going to do some preaching, but I want to do a little bit of a Bible study with you today because I want you to carry something out the door with you today. I want you to know how to live for God when you leave here because some of you, uh, I, I may not ever see again. I don't know. Some of you I may see in another week. Some I may see tonight. But I know this. I, when you leave today, you're going to have something you can carry with you if the Lord will uh, allow me to preach just a few moments. Verse 3, for what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. The law is anything outside of Christ and what he's accomplished at Calvary. Uh, I know Tiffany and Jennifer are going to know what I'm talking about without saying names, but over the past few weeks, we've seen people coming into our family and bringing things like baptism by water, how it was salvation. And I don't know what Bible they're reading, but they've got into works. They've had a bad preacher come into their life. And they, they're teaching them that baptism by water is going to save them. And it's unusual they're here this morning because I had this wrote last night. I, I didn't know Tiffany and them was coming this morning. And so that has to be uh, God working all things for the good. You're not justified by a water baptism. And tonight I'm going to pick up where I was Wednesday night with about justification and sanctification. Uh, in Acts 13, 39 says, And by him all that believe are justi- uh, justified from all things. What I'm about to tell you, you better hope that I'm right. You better pray that I'm right. That when you're saved, you're justified. And that means, despite what the church world thinks and all their rules and laws and regulations, the moment you say yes to Jesus Christ and you really mean that in your heart, you're saved and you're declared innocent. I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care what crud you've had in your life. I don't care what sin you've had. I don't care what people think about you. None of that matters. That drug addict walks through the door and they accept Christ as their Savior. At that moment, they are justified completely. They're declared innocent by God. And that means they're saved. That means they have gained eternal life. They have a right relationship with God. And I'm sorry the church world will tell us things, oh, you're, you're preaching once saved, always saved. No, I'm not. I'm not preaching that. But I am preaching God's grace and mercy is more powerful than any human being on this earth. I am telling you that God's forgiveness, he can justify you and declare you innocent. It's a legal decree that God puts over your life and says that you're no longer guilty. Oh, you believe that, Brother Wilson? I told you before I said this, you better pray I'm right. Because when we all show up in heaven, there's only one thing that's going to declare you innocent and able to come into heaven. One thing and one thing only. It's not because you've been dunked up underwater. It's not because I stood up in this pulpit and got to preach. It's not because I went to prison ministries. It's not how much you gave. It's not how much you prayed. One thing and one thing only will justify you and qualify you for eternal life. And that is your faith in what Christ has accomplished at Calvary. That and that alone. Nothing else. 
Paul said, I'm justified from all things. I'm not a smart man. I'm a hillbilly. All the way to the core. If you wanted to see the hillbilliest preacher out there, they would have my face up there. This is country. This is country church right here. This is just as country as it gets. I live in Turkey Foot, Mississippi. Turkey Foot, Mississippi. I have goats and chickens. I know my, when I listen to myself on them recording, I'm like, I don't sound like that. Yes, you do. But you know, I've looked up that word all in the Greek. I'm not smart enough to know Greek, but I got this big book that gives it's, it's for people like me because there's number assignments in there. And I looked up that word all, and it means everything. And it means I've been justified from everything I've done wrong in my life. It means I've been declared innocent. There's nothing greasy about God's grace. There's nothing sloppy about God's grace. His grace is powerful. His grace will forgive you. It will set your life right. You can actually live this life. Now, there's no excuse no more to take that tin foil and run down and smoke that meth. Yeah, I get a little pointed there. Because I tell it like it is. I know what's going on in the world. There's no reason to take them pills and turn them upside down till you pass out anymore. There's no reason to drink that alcohol till you end up in a fight down there at the police station or in the hospital. There's no reason to drink alcohol anymore and get a DUI. There's no reason to get on that phone and run your brother and sister down anymore and gossip. There's no reason to be bound up in religion anymore. Paul said this, For which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You cannot be justified by keeping the Ten Commandments. You know what the Ten Commandments does? It declares you guilty. It does. When you read the Ten Commandments, as what you're staring at is a, a writ of judgment because there is not a man or woman on this earth that can keep those Ten Commandments. There's not a man or woman, save Jesus Christ, that has ever kept those Ten Commandments. But His grace is no excuse either to live a wicked life. Let's go to verse 4 in chapter 8. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. God did provide a way we could live according to His laws. Now, I told you about all the good stuff. I've told you that God's grace is available. He, it's powerful. It can forgive anything. But with such powerful grace, with such power the Holy Spirit gives us, it leaves us without excuse anymore to, sin, you know, to live a sinful life. Now we should be living this life. Now, when we walk out that door, people should see the Christian in us. You have the power to, to fulfill the law now. You don't have to keep on committing and breaking God's laws. You don't have to keep violating God's word every day of your life. There's a way to live. You can't keep saying sin is okay. You can't keep saying that, well, my drug abuse or my, my sinful talking, things I'm doing, those things are okay. No, they're not. I'm going to tell you what sin does to a Christian. It will make a Christian feel horrible. When you're truly saved, when you sin, something on the inside of you gets all in you. Oh, I shouldn't have did that. And they're on their knees asking God to forgive them. But if you ever get to the point, well, what I'm doing is okay, and God's just going to have to accept that, be careful with that. Verse 5, but they after the Spirit, things of the Spirit. There's something called the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5 and 22. And it says this, 
love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against, their such, against uh, such there's no law, and they that have crucified the flesh with affections and lust. My friends, if you're living by the Spirit, if you want to know if you're living the right way, if you want to know that you're facing the correct object and you're doing the right things, one or more of these are going to develop in your life every single day. Notice the first one is love. Notice the very first fruit of the Spirit is love. How can we say we're a Christian if we hate people? How can we say if we're a Christian if all we spew is hatred towards folks? Look, this is a growing process. I started out in ministry like um, John. He was called a son of thunder. This is John the Beloved that wrote the three epistles. He wrote the book of John. He wrote Revelation, and, and he was called a son of thunder. He was the one that told Jesus, said, well, I'd like to call fire down on their head because they wouldn't listen to me. We went to the town, preached the gospel. They wouldn't listen. Why don't you just call fire down on their head? But later on, as we see in the epistles of John, and he starts talking about love, as you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, something amazing happens. You begin to love people you couldn't love before. You begin to see people as God sees them. Yeah, God is a judging God, but he's also a loving God. And that drug addict, instead of shunning them, instead of pushing them aside, where's our compassion for the lost? For that alcoholic, instead of running them down and talk about him and the things they're doing wrong, I know we get that copy of the Grenada paper. Oh, look who got arrested. Mm-hmm. Look what they do. Oh, the whole family got arrested. When we should be praying for them, we should be reaching out to them and asking how we can help. Moving on, verse 6, to be carnally minded is death, be spiritually minded is life and peace. Too many people settle for the world and call it a wonderful life. If all we have in this life is just the riches and the, the, the money and the cars and the house, what a pitiful life we've lived. I can guarantee you this, when your day comes, when you have to face eternity... All those things of money and wealth and cars and how big your checking account was, they're not going to matter. I've stood at the head of a lot of caskets over the past 17 years, a lot. And do you know I've not seen one single solitary case of anybody that carried anything with them. They didn't carry their money with them. More likely, this is what happens. Your children are going to go through your house. They're going to get what they want, and the rest is going to end up at the garbage can on the street corner. That's what's going to happen. So what becomes valuable in your life? i tell you what's going to matter, and it always matters every single time. Did you know Jesus Christ is your Savior? It wasn't going to be how well you performed the law. It wasn't going to be how many times you attend church. And I'm not knocking church. You should be here. I'm not, you should be tithing, you should be praying, you should be reading your Bible. But one thing comes and becomes so important when you leave this world. Did I know Jesus Christ? Thank you for listening today. This radio station is listener supported, which means we rely on your donations to keep us on the air. We're a non-profit organization, so your donations are tax deductible. We're on the air 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, playing Christian music and teaching programs. We have something for everyone. 
we're asking for your help today. We need your prayers and your financial support to stay on the air. Won't you please make a donation today? You can make a secure donation by going to our website at www.cross.radio. Thank you for your support and God bless you. Verse 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it's not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. What's a carnal mind? A carnal mind is one that's full of the world. One is a carnal mind is against God. It's an enemy against God. What does that mean? If you're aligned with the ways of the world, if you love the world, if that's all you care about, this Sunday morning, uh, there are people scattered out everywhere. They're out at the lake. They're doing what they want to do. They're doing, engaged in all types of activity. And when those things are more important than God and the things of God, you have a mind that's carnal. And people can dog out church all they want. I, I've done got to the point, you know, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but I, I'm not going to argue with anybody. But I'll say it like this. There's too many good uh, churches out there. Somebody's preaching the truth somewhere, and you need to be in God's house. Where you go to church at says a lot about you as a Christian. Uh, the church is the church. God gave his, he gave his only begotten son for the church so that we could carry the gospel out into the world. And, it, and if you settle for the world, if you have a mind that's carnal and all you think about is yourself and the things of the world, you don't care about any Christians around you, you don't love your brothers and sisters, you're not engaged in the gospel on any level, you're, you have a mind that's an enemy against God. Listen to James 4 and 4. You adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is enemy with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. How can people say they love God when they're going out in the world and living any kind of way they want, doing anything they want? I'm not being mean to you. I'm here to tell you the truth today. I got a lot of cleaning up to do at my doorstep. I'll say that first before I say anything else. Because Pharaoh Wilson's in the same boat as you are this morning. I am a frail human being. I've got a different set of problems than you've got. And we all have committed sin and fall short of the glory of God. We have to start examining ourselves in these last days. Because Jesus Christ is soon to return. And the church as a whole, not just the lighthouse, as a whole is pretty much asleep. They're not ready for what's coming. And we have to wake up. We're going to have to be alive unto God and be ready for this harvest that's coming. And part of that means our life has to be right. We can't just say the name of Jesus and, and expect God to bless the church in these last days and bless our lives mightily when we're running around just as the world is running around. I want to go back to that word adulterers and adulteresses. Now, me saying that word... You might think, well, he's talking about people that have been unfaithful in marriage. That's not what he's talking about. Here's what he's talking about. When you leave the cross of Calvary, when you have been unfaithful to Jesus Christ, when you seek something else other than Christ and what he's accomplished at Calvary, that's what you are. It's called spiritual adultery. That's how serious this is. That's how serious God takes this. And when you, when you say, 
you know what, uh, Tiffany, you have to be baptized in water, you're going to hell. You're telling God that what Jesus Christ accomplished for you is not sufficient enough to cleanse you from all sin, and now I have to perform something else to be saved. My friends, if you want that life now, if you want the best in life, if you want everything God has for you, if you want that supernatural power working in your life, if you want God to bless your life, I mean mightily, in ways you never could imagine, come back to Calvary. Come back to Calvary and let God handle this. Quit doing it on your own. God has to pull me back every once in a while. Pharaoh Wilson will think, oh, boy, I've got this under control, and God hears my prayer, and i got it all worked out. I just need you to do it. When God said, just believe, believe in my son and what he's accomplished for you, and I'll take care of the rest, James used that same terminology as Paul. And we may not think it's anything serious, but when you get into them, uh, I don't know if I ought to say this or not. No, I won't say it. I'll be nice today. <laughs> I'm going to be nice today. I'm going I'm to press on. My friends, I could stand up here and repeat this same thing over and over and over and it, it, it never grows old. If it gets old to you, then, my friends, maybe you need to come back to God. Get back to Calvary and ask God to put that zeal back in you again. It's Christ and Him crucified. It's Christ and Him crucified. Why the church has left this, I don't know. Go to verse 8. So then they are in the flesh cannot please God. You can't make God happy with your works. You can't. You just cannot do it. I know this sounds repetitive this morning, but I could sit here and show you time after time after time after time the modern church keeps gravitating back to works. They keep doing the same old thing, and they still have not caught on to it. They have left the cross, and they think that they can please God by works and activities. The modern church is so ate up. With numbers. How many people you got running or going in your church, Brother Wilson? When I talk to another preacher that's in a denomination, the first thing they ask you, they don't ask you spiritually how your church is doing. They don't ask if anybody's been saved. They don't ask if anybody's been baptized in the Holy Spirit. They ask you, how many are you running? That's all they're worried about. They're just worried about numbers and whatever we got to do to get them in there. You cannot please God with that. I, if they've got numbers, that doesn't mean that God is pleased with it just because they have a large attendance. That means very little. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. It's so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. If the Spirit of God is living in you, you will not, you will not walk after the flesh. You'll, you'll walk after the Spirit. I'm going to give you an illustration of how the Holy Spirit works over the course of time in a believer. If I take a sponge and I crunch that sponge all the way down in my hand and I dip it down in the water, then that sponge is in the water. It's how the Holy Spirit first comes into us and we're in that water, we're in that living water. And as I release that sponge, it starts to soak up water. And, and if I let it go, sooner or later, that, that sponge just fills all the way up. And so it is with the Holy Spirit as you grow, as, as God begins to release the Holy Spirit in your life. Uh, we, we grow day by day, and that living water gets to flowing in us, and we change, and what a wonderful life it is. And if you think just day one was something, just hang on, baby. 
<laughs> and God's got some amazing things in store for us. And I, I've never come even close to plumbing the depths of what the Holy Spirit can, can do in my life. I think one of my favorite things that God does is, now this is just me, I love prayer time by myself in the morning. When I'm all alone and everything is shut off, maybe some soft music going, and I love to experience the power and presence of God in my life. There's no drug out there that can come even close to that feeling, that experience, when God Almighty steps in the room and he fills your spirit up with his spirit and that divine nature is working inside of you and now I can say no to sin. Now I can live a life that's pleasing to God. I know God is pleased in what I believed and not what I've done. And it's amazing as you, as you follow after what Christ has accomplished at Calvary, you start doing those things you need to be doing. Brother Wilson don't have to text you 1,800 times until you come to church. And if you miss church here lately, don't get all upset. I've missed church. Not often. I haven't missed church. But it, it, you won't, I won't have to text you. You know why? It's Sunday morning. I'm going to church. You know what? You can stay here if you want. I don't care. I'm going to church. Why? Because I can. Because I know that's where God's house is. I know I'm going up there for something today. Tithe pad comes. Oh, you was doing good, Brother Wilson, until you started talking about money. When tithe paying comes, you know who gets their money first in my life? God Almighty. He's the first one. When it comes to praying, I, look, I've missed some time. Everybody has got busy. I, I missed when we were going out to Houston. I'm going to tell on myself, and I, I felt bad. I missed praying that morning. We got up, and I was rushed. But most of the time when I get up, I sit, I allot that time to God, and I'm praying. Why? Because the Spirit of God is living in me. And you know what all that earned me with God? Not a thing. I do it because I love Him. I show up because I love Him. I stick with ministry because He's called me to this. And I'm going to show up. If you'll show up, I'll keep showing up. That door, that door will be open every time. If you'll keep showing up, I'll be here. Not because it earned me something with God. It's because I love God. Verse 11. I love this one. I just read it to you. But of the Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by a Spirit that dwelleth in you. Quicken means to give power. It means power. My goodness, if there's something you ought to be excited about in life, it's that God Almighty thought enough of you to leave a divine nature inside of you where there is power. To move mountains and do miracles on this earth. I am so sick of hearing people, oh no, God can do anything. God can raise people from the dead. God can cast that demon out of Nancy Pelosi. I know he could. I ain't talked about politics in a while. I just throw that out. Look, we're in a sad situation. Joe Behar. Behar, whatever her name is on that view. I don't watch it. I just happen to be on Fox News. She admitted that she has had, and I'll leave it lightly. I ain't going to say what she said. She has had relations with ghosts or demon spirits. And I don't doubt her. I don't doubt it in the least. The things that come out of their mouth. 
And we look at stuff like that. We look at what's going on in our schools. We look at what's going on with our kids now that are so confused. That we got boys that think they're girls. We got girls that think they're boys. We got people and get. I've seen a one relationship. A man is married to seven women. They're not Mormons. They're just they're married to seven women. I don't know how he's going to do it, but my wife, one wife, is enough, and God knew that. One husband is enough, and God knew that. And we look at all this. What are we going to do, Lord? i tell you what it's going to take. It's going to take supernatural power. I don't mind saying that word supernatural. It's going to take things that's not of this earth. It's going to take God moving in these situations, casting out demons. It's going to take God moving on people and setting things right. The church is the last hope of this nation, and I'm not scared to say it. People would say anything they want, but I'll prove it. I'll prove it to you right now. People quit going to church as a whole across the board. Churches are closing everywhere. Pastors are leaving the field left and right. I read an article on ChristianPost.com yesterday that said Baptist churches that they had surveyed, it's taken them six months or more now just to find a pastor that would qualify for their churches. Don't think it can't happen here, but look what it's got the nation. Look what's happened when the churches started faltering. And people say church is not important. Look what's happened. Our nation is in a teetotal mess. Look at our school. Look at everything God's got run out of. Look at the schools. He got run out of the schools. Look what's happening. Now we got to keep armed security guards with AR-15s at the door to keep our kids from getting killed. Suicide rates are astronomical right now. Why? Because God has been run out. In our own community right here, a 14-year-old girl hung herself. God help us. Why? Kids are no longer going to Sunday school. Most of, I, I think it's pretty safe to say most of y'all probably grew up in Sunday school. I bet somewhere along the way, some of y'all probably had people like Sister Rivers. People like that. And them grandmas, grandpas, and mom and dads dragging you to church and Sunday school. And look what's happened to our nation. Look at our courtrooms. We used to keep the Ten Commandments posted all over in our courtroom. And we allowed satanic groups to come in and get them taken out. And look what's happened. We wonder why crime rate is through the roof. We wonder why people want to disband the police. Because God and the church have been run out of this nation. So where does that leave us? I'll tell you where it leaves us. We need God to quicken our spirit more than ever. We have such a powerful force living on the inside of us that needs to awaken. Because I promise you, with people like you that are praying and seeking God's face, Second Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, then I'll heal their land. And people like us that are praying and seeking God's face can turn this thing around. We can set these demons to flight. This nation can be turned around by people like you if you will allow God's Spirit to quicken you. You would be absolutely shocked. You would be flabbergasted what God can do through you. I'm telling you, 
You ought to be smiling right now. So you mean God can use me? Oh, yes. God can use you. God can use you in this world to set these demons to flight. And if something don't change with the church, sad to say, you're going to get more of the same. The polls are not going to cure the problem, my friend. You can hang it up. I'm going to go vote. November the 8th, I'm going to go vote just like you are. But I promise you it's not going to cure the problem of sin. There's only one thing that will do that. And that is the quickening power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Whatever God takes out of your life, he'll replace it with something so much better. My joy doesn't come from beer anymore. It doesn't come from Jack Daniels anymore. It doesn't come from Mad Dog 2020 anymore. It don't come from that white powder anymore. It doesn't come from thing, putting things in my body I shouldn't have been. <laughs> I thought I would miss it at one time, and thank God I don't miss a bit of it. Amen? Let God take that what is wrong and fill it with something so much better. I'll close with this here. When a, a forester goes out to trees that have got disease in them, just whitewashing and spraying them won't do any good. And they have to go up and bore a hole in it, and then they have to inject that whatever they're treating the tree with down in the tree, or the tree won't be healed. And you know, it's like that in your life with the Holy Spirit, just window dressing you. Just putting a good suit on and showing up to church and saying the name of Jesus doesn't change anything. But what does change is when the Holy Spirit gets inside of you and that power of God starts changing your life and he takes somebody so imperfect. He takes something so sinful. I, I just know God loves getting a hold of people that got a messed up life. He does. Read your Bible. Read the lineage of Jesus Christ. Me and my wife was going down the road the other day, and I just, out of the blue, I told her, I said, you know, I was, I was reading in the Bible the other day, and I was going through the lineage of Christ, and there was some messed up folks in his family. I mean, you have prostitutes, thieves, killers, murderers, liars. I'm looking at all that, and I, there's hope for me. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and there's hope for every single one of us. Don't think that you've done something so wrong that God can't bless you, forgive you, and use you because he can. There's something wonderful on that side of you. It really is. It's there. You just have to let it awaken and start changing your life. His name is the Holy Spirit. He's living on the inside. And I challenge you today, when you walk out that door, don't let this be another day of the same old thing in the wrong ways. Let something new begin in your life. Because the devil is a flat-out liar, and he's convinced so many of us what we're doing wrong is a good thing. God has much better things in store for you in these last days. We're so glad you joined us today. This is the place to come for the best in Christian music and sermons. We know that life can be tough, but we believe that God has a plan for each of us, and we want to help you find that plan. So please, stay tuned for more messages of hope and encouragement. Here at Power of the Cross Radio, we believe in the power of prayer. If you have a need, visit our prayer wall on the website at www.cross.radio. We also believe in the power of Christian music to touch hearts and change lives. So please keep listening. And if you know someone who might need a little encouragement, tell them about Power of the Cross Radio. We cover a wide mix of Christian music. Check the website schedule for more details.
And if you have any questions, email us at info at cross.radio. You can also call us at 662-294-0608. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. You can visit their website at cfministry.com.